Thursday, April 24th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Fool.com, David Hanson, and from Motley Fool Funds, Tim Hanson. Happy Thursday, gentlemen. Hey. Yo. Can I get you some coffee, David? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Late Hanging night? In there. No. He's a young Standard. single guy. It's true. He's I've got out. no kids like you. I'm, I'm, I got no excuse. He's, he's out ripping it up every night. Uh, earnings Palooza rolls on. We will talk Facebook, Carbo Ceramics, Under Armour, but we have to start with Apple. Shares up more than 7% this morning on a pretty damn strong second quarter. Uh, profit was higher than expected, more than $45 billion in revenue. Close to forty-four million iPhones. I mean, there's so there's so much here. Um, we'll get to the stock split in a minute because that's getting a lot of attention. But anything in particular stand out to you, Tim? Um, it, it, Apple. There were low expectations, and they beat low expectations. I, I think it was generally speaking a good quarter, as you said. Two things to be aware of um, on the iPhone side. Everybody's saying, "Wow, strength in iPhones, strength in iPhones." A lot of that came out of Asia. And it's important to remember that they added China Mobile as a carrier during the quarter, so that probably goosed the numbers a little bit. And a lot of people don't know this. Japan um, increased its sales tax on April 1st, and there was a lot of reporting in, in, in March that people were running out to buy stuff ahead of the sales tax increase. So that may have incrementally added to the numbers in a way that's maybe not sustainable. Uh, so those might be the two flies in the ointment, but otherwise, otherwise a pretty, pretty solid effort from a company people had started to, to doubt. Thirty, another thirty billion dollar share buyback. I don't know. Is this now? Is is Apple with share buybacks? Are they now in this territory where it just nothing should surprise us about the size of it? I mean, what, it wasn't all that long ago. The debate for a couple of years was when are they going to pay a dividend? Um, you know, and the share buybacks now they're getting so astronomical. I don't know what to think of them. You're basically numb to the numbers they throw out. Uh, well, What's another 30 Well, million? when it comes to the share buybacks, I kind of am. Yeah, and they're using they're using debt again to, to finance those those buybacks, which makes sense because of bringing the cash back from overseas would trigger a tax event, so it's much cheaper to, to go out and buy. I mean, I think they pay a couple basis points more than the government does to, to borrow here. So very, very good use of, of debt here in this situation. Still a very small percentage on their balance sheet in terms of debt to equity. So good move, but you're really not buying Apple for the long term just for the buybacks here. The thesis is still what's next, what's the next product. It's not really the buybacks. This is completely unrelated, but just in reference to the fact that interest rates, being what they are, Apple being very smart to borrow, um, don't ask me why, but I was looking up, I was quoting Bolivian sovereign debt today. Of course, why wouldn't you? (laughs) And what do you think you pay on a 10-year what do you think you're earning on a 10-year dollar-denominated, so there's no currency risk, dollar-denominated Bolivian note? 45%. 45%. And guess what? It's, tr- it's currently trading at 105. Ooh. So it's over par. It's incredible. I mean, if you're not borrowing money today wildly and irresponsibly, you're just not playing the game right. <laughs> go Bolivia. You, you go. Borrow money at 5.95%. Question from one of our listeners, Nikki Wheeler, who uh, asked on Twitter, the Apple 7-for-1 stock split, which, as I mentioned, that's getting a lot of the headlines, 7-for-1 stock split, makes a tiny investor like me able to buy a couple of shares. Should I? I think innovation plus dividend equals yes. What do you think? I mean, in general, About stock- buying Apple or stock splits? About well, I think or we about all... Bolivian interest rates. <laughs> no, no, you've had your fifteen minutes of fun <laughs> on the Bolivian notes. 
Um, I think we all think the same thing about stock splits, which is it doesn't matter how many slices the pizza has. It's the, pizza, the size of the pizza doesn't change. But what do you think of the case that she lays out? Well, look, now it is cheaper, at least from a, a perception basis, and they are paying the dividend. And Tim Cook has done nothing to back off of his promise that he made earlier this year that by the end of this calendar year, they will be coming out with a brand new product. Hasn't said what, but um, it does seem like at least some people are are literally buying into this when you look at the stock going up today. Yeah, I mean, seven to one was a weird ratio. I think they they look if you do the math, it seems like they want to have about a hundred dollar stock, and so seven to one gives them like an eighty five dollar stock, so room to go up and be about a hundred dollar stock. Um, whether or not people should buy Apple on a split, I mean, the split, as you said, is is, is mostly irrelevant to the business case. Uh, you know, her thesis, which is a, a sound one, is you know, share purchases and dividends plus innovation equals a buy. You know, it's hard to argue with that. The question would be, you know, do you believe in the innovation side? Nobody knows what this new product is. They can only run on iPads and iPhones for so long. Um, so, if you believe in the innovation piece and you still believe Apple is a very innovative company, I think that thesis makes a lot of sense. Um, the thing, you know, if this, if you're now able to afford the shares because they split, that means you're only maybe buying one to three hundred dollars worth of shares. I, you know, make sure you pay attention to the commission you're paying, uh, so that doesn't eat up um, your opportunity to invest in a cost efficient way. Facebook grew first quarter top line revenue by seventy two percent. The stock only up slightly this morning, and CFO David uh, Ebersman announced he is stepping down. The company announced that he is stepping down later this year. I well, let's talk about the numbers first, and then we can get to the CFO. Uh, David, anything in particular leap out? It seemed it seemed like yet another very good quarter for Facebook. Obviously, the stock is not responding in the way that Apple's is, but it does right. seem like a good quarter. I mean, the transition to mobile that they've made is is pretty incredible. I think mobile revenue was 0% of total ad revenue in third quarter of 2012. It's now 59% of all ad revenue. It's pretty incredible. I mean, this is a business that they could have failed. They could have failed in the, not failed in terms of bankruptcy or anything, but they could have failed in terms of successfully shifting to mobile. I mean, this was built on the desktop here, and now they've successfully shifted to mobile and are doing better than ever. I mean, that's it's a very incredible transition they've made. The CFO stepping down, I was talking with Brian White uh, earlier this morning about this. My, and this is just me, but my automatic reaction anytime I see the CFO of any company is stepping down, that instantly gets me curious about the reasons why. Because the CFO knows more about the company's numbers than anybody else. What Sheryl Sandberg said. I think on the call was that well he's he's this is a guy who's been at Facebook for about five years he said well he's going to pursue something he really he he's not retiring for life he's a young guy he's she says he's going off to the healthcare industry pursuing something but I don't know am I alone in that I mean does the CFO stepping down get you curious as to the reasons why Yeah I think always um, in this case I'm not I'm not too worried about it because Facebook's financials don't seem overly complex. This isn't something where I think a CFO might see something nefarious that we don't yet. Um, you know, it may also be this is, you know, California is a bit of a startup culture. And, and certainly over the past five years, Facebook has gone from startup to what now seems to be pretty, pretty effective cruise control. I mean, they're, they're just cruising along. And it may be the fact that he's, he likes startup challenges. You know, I don't know the man personally. 
Wish him well. Um, <laughs> he's been at Facebook for five years. Yeah, I mean, you'd like I'm to see sure longer. I'm sure he's doing fine. I think you'd like to see longer <laughs> longer tenure. Um, you know, with, with Facebook, I thought I thought the quarter was really good. Uh, the only sort of bear case that exists, aside from valuation, uh, and it is it is an expensive stock, though the platform seems to be going going swimmingly for them, um, is that they continue to blow. Blow might be the wrong word because they it's not yet sure that they've blown it, but they continue to spend egregious sums of money on unproven things like Oculus and WhatsApp um, instead of returning it to shareholders. Yeah, when do you think we start getting? louder and louder questions about WhatsApp. I don't imagine it's coming anytime soon, but say two quarters from now, I I think that's one of the first questions that probably gets asked if they have any kind of a miss. If they have any kind of a stumble, then I think it makes it logical and probably easy for analysts on the conference call to say, hey, what are you doing with this $19 billion toy you just bought? I think I think two months or two quarters would be ridiculous because if you listen to Mark Zuckerberg talk about this acquisition, he's not even thinking about two years. This guy is thinking decades down the road, and he has this vision of connecting the entire world, getting another billion people online in the next couple of years. He's they did not buy WhatsApp to make money in two quarters from it at all. So some people will look at this and say, "Man, spend so much money. What's he doing?" You have to remember that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people saying that are not as smart and are not the visionary that Mark Zuckerberg is. So uh, I'm a happy shareholder in Facebook, and I'm going to have faith that he did the right thing here. Three months ago, Carbo Ceramics reported earnings. It was a chance for a little bit of a victory lap. And, Tim, I give you credit because you pointed out when we were talking this morning, you said, we should probably talk about Carbo Ceramics again because they reported. I'd like to be held accountable. Uh, first quarter earnings. Uh, this Except is the- by my wife. Or- <laughs> I don't think she listens to it. <laughs> uh, oil field services tech company Carbo Ceramics. It didn't. See, they didn't have some massive miss, and the stock is not plummeting. The stock was only down a couple of a couple of percentage points when I saw it this morning. But six or seven percent, still a winner. I th- you know, I think you know. The, Let me guess. Weather. Weather. It was weather and the, and the railroads, um, which are – it's funny. I, I had a meeting with, with these guys in Houston not too long ago, and, and they basically portrayed the railroads as these, like, robber baron types who, who like, secretly control the entire U.S. economy. Really? And, uh, well, because I guess with the weather and with the amount of sh- traffic that they're getting, particularly as they try to ship things into the, you know, the Bakken Shale and those types of regions where there's a lot of equipment and, and material that needs to get shipped in and out um, – you know, you know, if you want your stuff moved, apparently it's like pay the highest price. And uh, so good, good, good news for railroads in terms of profitability. <laughs> not as good for railroad customers who want things to move to move quickly. So is that why Warren Buffett went out and bought Burlington Northern? It might be, <laughs> and it certainly that's working out well for them. Um, so this was just, you know, I, I I don't think this is any hiccup in the business as much as it was just a tough quarter in terms of moving volume. And obviously, you can't, they don't get money paid back to them until the product is delivered. And I think they had a lot of products sitting around in, in warehouses. First quarter profits for Under Armour rose 73%. They had strong sales growth. Stock down about 8% this morning, though. I'm assuming... It was up initially. It was up initially, and then it, Bottom it, fell it tanked um, relative to the increase that it had. In fact, I, I went on uh, Yahoo Finance uh, just to check the ticker and one of the most recent headlines to show you how quickly things can change in the stock market. One of the most recent headlines was, why shares of Under Armour are up this morning? <laughs> it's like, ah, well, they're not anymore. Um, I'm guessing it's a little bit to do with guidance. 
uh, for the rest of the fiscal year. But operationally, this this really does seem like a company that's performing well. This is really just a, a valuation case here, in my opinion. The business is good is quarter, great. not a perfect quarter. Yeah, it, was a, it was a good quarter. Guidance is still strong. I mean, the business is doing so so well, but the valuation on this stock is it's just it's very pricey, and it's always been a little pricey. So there's that balance there, saying, well, do you wait for this to pull back significantly? Maybe it never does. Um, but in my opinion, I think people look at this and say, oh, it's only a ten billion dollar company. Nike is a sixty five billion dollar company. That makes total sense. It's a buy today, but it's still small. Uh, it's maybe gotten ahead of itself, but uh, the business still does well. Anything stand out to you when you looked at it? Uh, everything was good except for inventories grew a little bit quickly. Inventories are always something to watch with a company like that. Um, nothing, nothing concerning in the quarter per se, but if you were to highlight anything on your Excel spreadsheet to watch next quarter and quarter after, it would be inventory. Exactly seven weeks from today, the 2014 World Cup begins. Yes. Any predict? I know you're a fan. Um, group G. Love which, me some soccer. Uh, group G, which is the group that the United States team is in, along with Germany, Ghana, and Portugal. I think it's premature to be making World Cup. We don't even know the rosters yet. <laughs> see, see, I don't even know. <laughs> I, here's how out of the loop I am. I don't even know that w- the roster hasn't been finalized yet. I think it, I think. I think the prediction you're now is that all the slum violence in Brazil <laughs> stops in time for the World Cup. How are those... Uh, Keeping in mind, we don't know the rosters. Is, isn't isn't the U.S. Uh, my recollection from when the draws were made was the U.S. got kind of a tough draw. I mean, Germany historically is sort of a a power good, team, good at soccer, and yeah, and then also uh, who else is in the other Ghana and Ghana, Portugal? Ghana, who who has basically owned us over the last couple global competitions, and then Portugal's got arguably the best player in the world, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, the argument being between him and Messi. Messi's probably better. Tiny little Lionel you know, Messi. Um, uh, it's a brutal draw. It's a brutal draw, you know. But anything can happen. Are you, you going to be watching? I will be watching. I like I like the World Cup. It's a fun tournament. Are you a? I'm not a. I'm not someone who watches. Uh, you know. You know what's great about the world? The, you know what's great about watching soccer? There are no timeouts. Yes. There's, and there are no commercial breaks. You can you if you tune in to watch a 90 minute game, you are out of there in 95 ish minutes, right? Whereas football, good lord, it could be yes. <laughs> you could be sitting down four and a half hours. Yes, I guess that the timeout equivalents are grown men writhing in pain, on, fake pain on the ground. So yeah. you get a little bit of pain. Gotta get the spray. As was once said about pro football, it is short bursts of violence interrupted by committee meetings. Yeah, but here's one of the things I love about the World Cup is the fans are amazing from all these countries. Putting aside the whole, what was the name of that god-awful instrument? That, the Vuvuzela. Oh, that, that horrible thing. Putting that aside, in general, you have the fans singing. You've got mm-hmm. 20,000 fans singing, and it just completely puts to shame uh, U.S. fans at various sporting events who are doing the wave. Like, that's, that's all we got. We got the wave, whereas, you know, 20,000 Germans are singing some national song or something like that yeah it's awesome i mean i i went to a i was in berlin not too long ago i went to a game there for the local club team and the singing began on the singing and drinking and the two do go together <laughs> the singing and drinking began on the train to the stadium it was like a 35 minute ride everybody's just drinking and singing and drinking and they kept but god bless them they kept it up for like four and a half hours. i don't have that kind of energy anymore, Chris. <laughs> stamina <laughs> it's a young man's game
All right, David Hanson, Tim Hanson. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. 